how do you live in a war zone? Because we are not about to be in a war zone. We are in a war zone. Our attention, most of us, are focused on earthly and tangible things that are right in front of our face. If we focus our anger and our frustration on the things we see and we forget, we have an enemy lurking below the surface, my friends, or forget that he is the thief and murderer that he is all over the world, the devil. We will waste our time looking for solutions in the wrong places. And so if there was ever a time to immerse ourselves in the Word of God and specifically in the letters of Paul, it is now time. So in all of his letters, the book of Ephesians stands out <laughs> like whipped cream on a hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> I mean, it is a magnificent epistle. Paul spent the first half of the book graphically explaining who we are in Christ, declaring that we are adopted, stating that we are welcomed into the family of God, and given all the rights and privilege of royalty in the kingdom of God Almighty. Then he gets to the end of the letter in chapter 6 and begins in verse 10. We're going to talk about something that you've heard over and over and over, but I hope we can give you a few little insights that might be new to you. Ephesians 6, 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We're talking about, you know, you go outside and you see first heaven and then above that second heaven where all the demonic forces are, and then God is in the third heaven. And, uh, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. We are living in that time. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So with these words, Paul introduced to the early church the concept of what we have labeled spiritual warfare. Paul was saying to the early church, I want you to know that the enemy you think you have is not the person sitting beside you. It's not the one living next door to you. It's not the one in your workplace. That is not your enemy. Amen. It's not your own insecurities. It's not those. It's not your anxieties. Instead, Paul says, would you please recognize that your real problem, your real problem is not flesh and blood. So Paul is trying to bring us and inspire us with the Holy Spirit and actually made a plan for warfare that includes six weapons. Ephesians 6, 12 through 18. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirit in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, 
and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Paul speaks with a heavenly perspective from the supernatural realm. In other words, Paul wanted the Ephesians or wants us to know that everything visible and everything physical has its roots in the spiritual realm. So if you want to deal with a physical issue, you must address it from a spiritual perspective. In other words, if you simply deal with issues from a natural perspective, you're going to get it wrong virtually every single time. The truth is, church, that it is our ability or inability to deal with the invisible supernatural realm that determines how successful, how victorious, how authoritative we are in the visible earthly realm. So can you understand why the devil does not want the church dealing in supernatural things? Because it's a supernatural realm where we win the battle. So let's review our understanding of the equipment tools that God has provided for our successful warfare. Paul calls it the armor of God. Now we have to understand that God gives us the weapons, but he doesn't put them on you. Paul divides the armor into two sets of threes because there are two themes. And the first three pieces of armor have to do with the state we should always be in as disciples of the Lord Jesus. So we should live in the state of these three pieces. The second three pieces of armor are what we are to use on an as-need basis. So let's go a little bit deeper into this. So Paul begins with a command to stand firm. And he repeats it three times. Essentially, Paul is saying here, stand firm because the Lord is ruling and overruling, not just in heaven, but also in history. We know that because chapter 1, and verses 22 and 23, Jesus Christ is declared head of all things in the book of Ephesians. Now, let's talk about six weapons we've been given so we understand them correctly. And don't contaminate them with human opinion. Let me say here, these six weapons are means by which we can live victoriously. Not because you're going to take an imaginary belt and put it on. And put your helmet on. And put your shoes on. And get yourself all ready. That's not what makes you victorious. But because you're victorious by understanding what these things mean and that you are better equipped to handle anything the enemy will throw at you. All right, you ready? Number one, the belt of truth. 
Let me tell you what we're talking about. Very simple. Truth is simply God's view on any subject. I mean, isn't that a tough definition? Truth is more than feelings because your feelings change based on what's happening. Truth is more than facts. You can have facts and not have the truth. Now, facts can be argued. Truth stands on its own merit. You do not argue truth. People, listen carefully, people who get stuck with facts never get to the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It's not truth that sets you free. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. If it's true, but you don't know it, you're still in bondage. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. Roman soldiers wore a metal breastplate to protect their hearts from injury. Paul was a Jew who he knew the Bible and would readily recall the appropriate verse that this fits with, breastplate of truth, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of of your life. When the Bible speaks about the heart, it's not talking about the pump in your chest, not talking about that. It's about the inner man. It's about the soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, the place where you make your life decisions. Guard that soulless area, thinking area. Guard it. It's commandment. Instructing us to order our thoughts, our intentions, and our feelings according to the Word of God. Don't let your thoughts take you outside of where God has put you. Number three, the shoes of peace. Shoes are made for walking. You know that, church. If not, you, there's a song about that years ago. You should know it. Uh, shoes were very important for Roman soldiers who travel very long distances at a time. The last thing you want to do is walk barefoot on a hot, rocky, or wet road. We use the term walking with Jesus, so how are we doing? Are we walking or are we limping? That does not mean whether you're using a cane or a wheelchair. We're not talking about that. Are you walking strong and tall or are we leaning on crutches of our life, of this world? Crutches of this world. Not talking about crutches as if you've broken a leg. Not talking about that. We're talking about in order for us to be able to face life itself. The Lord knew we would face onslaughts from the enemy. That's why he said in John 14, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. These, th these three, truth, righteousness, and peace, are meant to be evidence of our commitment to Jesus at all time, not just in times of warfare. That's who we are. We are people who know God's word to be true. Now, the next three weapons are ours as needed bases, as I said earlier. 
Number one, number four, I mean, the shield of faith. As you know, Roman soldiers used their seals to protect uh, their shields to protect themselves from arrows, and the shield was the soldier's greatest defensive tool against an attacker. The enemy church will try to wound you by throwing lies, accusations, and fears at you. It is faith that will keep his arrows from hurting you. Like the Roman soldiers' church, faith is your powerful defensive weapon against the enemy. We see it in Romans 4.20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. You know that Abraham is an amazing man of faith. He may have never used these words, but Abraham kept the shield of faith before him to an astounding degree. Number five, the helmet of salvation. Helmets protect the head, you know that, from attacks. And since it's our thought life that most enemy attacks cast their accusations, how we think is supremely important. In fact, the scripture says, as a man thinks, that's how that man is. It matters what you think. So in his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul wrote this, 2 Corinthians 10.5. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So you and I have been given this great gift of salvation. That's a reason enough, y'all, for us to protect us from thinking and behaving very contrary to what God has already given us. We need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. And it comes by applying your faith to the truth of God's Word. Number six, the sword of the Spirit, which is, of course, the Word of God. And it's the only piece of armor designed for going on the offensive against the enemy. The only one. Just as Jesus used the scripture to repel the temptations of the devil during his 40 days in the wilderness, so too we can rely on the word of God to push back all that the devil brings our way. So spending time in the Word of God to know what God's Word says. It, it will help us to be on the offensive instead of on the defensive. Amen. I mean, if you know who you are, you know what God has said about it, you can stand, having done all, stand. Yes. Ultimately, church, the battle is the Lord's, and we are simply His foot soldiers. But soldiers do go to war dressed to fight. So in our confrontation with Satan and his hordes, with evils in the world around us, may we never forget that our battle is not with flesh and blood. Whether we war against issues in our own personal lives or against evil agendas of the world system, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to know 
that we already know who won. Our commander-in-chief has already won the war. So when the battle comes to us, we go to war from a position of predetermined victory. And you have to know that in order to walk in victory. Why would the Lord give us this message? All you have to do is stop and think of what's happening in your nation. What's happening around you. Of course, if you think it's just out there and not coming anywhere around, then I guess it doesn't mean much to you. But if you would take time to really think it through, you could rejoice in Psalms 118. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord, I'll assure you, has done glorious things. Praise his holy name.